This is KMTT. We're resuming uh, today a series which was given last year uh, on Agadot Chelek. Um, and we're going to be continuing uh, more or less from the point where we stopped then. Uh, this is Ezra Bick. And every uh, week we will discuss a uh, couple of more lines, number one or two or three, Ma'amarim, uh, sayings in the Agadah of Perek, uh, of Perek Chelek. Um, although the nature of Talmudic Agada is, is such that there really is necessarily any connection between uh, one uh, piece and another, on the other hand, there doesn't have to be no connection. And in fact, we've been involved in the series last year in a rather extended discussion of Olam Haba, which is the first uh, topic, the first uh, several uh, pages of the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the 11th Perak, Perak Chelek. And nonetheless, we're going to simply start where we're up to, but uh, for those of you who are interested, it's not totally divorced from the from the previous uh, discussions we had, and on the archives of KMTT, one of course can find the first seven or eight uh, 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 sessions uh, where we discussed, uh, we began on Daf Tzadi, and now we're on Daf Tzadi Aleph Amud Bet. Um, so for those who have the opportunity to open a Gemara, or just listen carefully to know where we're up to, we're on uh, Tzadi Aleph Amud Bet, uh, page 91b, and... Um, the Gemara now that we're going to start discussing today opens up with the same line that the Gemara has used uh, eight or nine times in the previous Gemara. The Gemara is once again searching, or at least it seems to be searching, for the source, a biblical source for the belief in a future world. Remember that the, the Mishnah, on all, which all this Gemara goes, the first Mishnah of this parak uh, makes the famous statement, all of Israel has a portion in the world to come, with the exception, and the first exception is, He says that the resurrection of the dead is not uh, based on the Torah. And then the Gemara then proceeds to find the biblical source. But as I pointed out last year, I'm just repeating it now so as to uh, 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 avoid questions, more or less, Within the uh, sugyot that we are learning, the Gemara does not explicitly distinguish between the concept of the resurrection of the dead, techiyat amitim, and olam haba, which engenders a huge discussion in the Rishonim as to how to understand the relationship between them, the Ramban, the Ramban, etc., which is not, uh, which will not concern us. So, um, uh, once again, here we're, we're, we're coming back to the expression techiyat amitim and This is what the Gemara says: the uh, last quarter of Sadi Alif Amud Bet. <coughs> Tanya Amar Rabbi Meir Minayin Litriata Mitim Minatoa Shanemar Az Yashir Moshe Venei Sata Shira Zot. The Gemara is searching for biblical sources, hints, allusions to a future life. And Rabbi Meir quoted the following Pasuk, Az Yashir Moshe Vanei Sarat Hashira Hazot Lashem, Shar Lo Neemar Ela Yashir, Mikan Litchat HaMitim Anat Torah. Rabbi Meir is, is uh, referring, is, is treating a, a grammatical uh, form found more than once in the Torah, where what appears to be a future verb is used to mean a continual action in the past. That, that's the pshat. In other words, as Yashir Moshe, at that time, the translation is Moshe sang. 
It doesn't say Shah, which is a normal past form of to sing, but it says Yashir, which would normally be translated as will sing. Uh, again, the Pshat is, then Moshe began to sing after the previous action, after the previous action, in, in, in a narrative which contains action after action after action. So when you say, at that point, Moshe did the following, you have this form, possible form, of using what appears to be a future verb. We may though, in, in, in the way of Drush, uh, it says, look, it doesn't say, as Shar Moshe, at that time Moshe sang, it says, as Yashir Moshe, Moshe will sing. So because it uses a future verb, Mikan Litriyat Hamitim Mena Torah. So this is a homiletical uh, reference to Moshe will sing in the future. Moshe will sing in the future, since we know that he didn't sing then. Uh, he will have to have another chance to sing this song, uh, so this means that Moshe Rabbeinu at least will live in the future. It says, in fact, it says that all the Jews, Moshe and the Jewish people, will sing, will sing in the future. Therefore, we know there's a future life. Now, the, um, before we discuss this, let me just finish reading the Gemara because the Gemara actually refers to the justification for this grammatical. Uh, deduction it is it in fact correct? After all, it says, or, or the first one is brought as a proof. Find another example of this. As Yivne Yehoshua Mizbeach Lashem, Yehoshua, after completing a, a significant part of the conquest of Eretz Israel successfully, so Yehoshua built an altar for God, and as a form of, I guess, a celebration or conclusion for the, the conquest of the land of Israel. But the Pasuk says, As Yivneh Yehoshua Mizbeach Lashem. Again, literally translated according to normal grammatical uh, understanding, it says, Then Yehoshua will build a altar to God. Again, the Pshat means that at that point he built it. So once again, the Gemara, uh, or the Mayor, makes a send derivation, Bana, Lo Nema, it doesn't say Bana in past tense, Ela Yivneh, the Gemara then asks, you know, this form is found in other places as well, and there you just, you can't do that. states that at that time, as Shlomo HaMelech built a, a uh, altar for Kemosh, the idolatry, of Moab. But again, it doesn't say as Banash Lomo, it says as Yivnesh Lomo. Hachinami di Yivneh. So, are you trying to tell me that Shlomo Melech will build in the future, in his future life, he will be building altars to pagan gods? Yeah, could that possibly be the Pshat? So the Gemara says, you're right, here there's another Pshat. In other words, uh, there's perfectly willing to ask the homiletical question, why does it say Yivne and not Bana, but the answer will be different. Here the answer that says Yivne and not Bana because he didn't really build it. Um, he only thought about building it. And the Pasuk treats it, his thought, his intention, his plan, his, we call Havamina, his inclination, which was leading him to Avodah Zarah, as we know in Shlomo Melech, had a certain problem. Uh, after he married foreign women, and uh, but he didn't actually build the Mizbech, but it says Yivne, meaning he was planning to build it. So that when at the Az, at that point, 
Shlomo Melech had a future thought, but he never actually built it. So why does it say that he built it? It's Maleh Alava Katuv. The Torah treats it as though the Pasuk treats it as though he had he had actually built it. Okay, a, a short, a short uh, parenthetical remark about the last statement. Uh, as far as we're concerned, it just comes to justify the previous two uh, deductions, and, and this pasuk is different. The question is, and uh, we're not going to talk about it, as to really what, what is Chazal's attitude towards Shlomo HaMelech and his complicated, uh, his complicated life and the indications in the Pesukim that at the end of his life, or towards the end of his life, Shlomo HaMelech got really involved in idolatry and, and, and marrying foreign women and doing other things which were improper. Um, this is uh, discussed elsewhere. It's discussed here. It's discussed elsewhere um, in um, in the Gemara. Uh, there actually are two opinions in the Gemara as to whether Shlomo Melech did uh, transgress the uh, prohibition of idolatry. Uh, our pasuk, our understanding here, the Gemara says that he didn't, but almost did, which raises another question as to there's a general principle. That says uh, that a, a bad thought which you don't actually commit is not held against you. Machshavat uh, Tovah is a special rule that says if you have a good thought, if you plan to do a good deed, but somehow you didn't get around to doing it, God gives you the credit for your intentions, but not in reverse. And here it seems that that uh, they are treating Shlomo HaMelech's intentions, bad intentions, as though he had done them. So this is another discussion, and it's a complicated question which is explicitly discussed by Chazal. Let's get back to our topic. We have here, offhand, something very similar to the previous Gemarot. You look for a Pasuk, which indicates in some way, in some hint of a way, that there will be a future life for dead people. So we found it because it says that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, will sing in the future. It says Yoshua will, will, build, will build in the future. Uh, if that was all that we had it. We had this to all this. We have already have a long list, those who have been following us since the beginning of the parak. We have a long list of allusions to a future life, and this would be and this would be another one. Uh, but I think there actually is more going on here. And for that purpose, I wish to um, continue reading the next uh, independent piece of Agadah, but I suspect not so independent after all. Uh, so let me read a few more lines, and then we'll come back to discussing Tchiyat HaMeitim in the context of Shirat Hayam, the Shir of Moshe Rabbeinu, the song of Moshe Rabbeinu. Amar Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, Minayin L'Tchiyat HaMeitim in HaTava. So he's asking another source. He has another source for resurrection from the dead as found in the Torah. Shene'emar, Ashrei Yoshevei Veitecha, Od Yehalelucha Sela. So this is exactly the same form of a derivation. It's actually not in the Torah, but in Sefer Tehilim. It's a Pasuk, which we know as Pasuk of Ashrei. But again, there's a future verb. Fortunate to those who sit in your house, they will yet praise you. So it doesn't say they are praising you or they have praised you when sitting in your house. It says they will praise you. Those who sit in your house are fortunate because they will praise you. So Rabbi Yeshua Malevi says this is a, this is referring to a future, a future resurrection of the dead. As a derivation, this is actually weaker than the others because when we say Moshe Rabbeinu will sing, then he has to come back to life. Here it's talking in a general sense. Those who sit in your house will, will praise you. Could be they'll praise you tomorrow. 
but Rabbi Shulman Levi understood it in, as being a, of a greater import. So those who sit in God's house will praise you in the future. And in fact, he makes it explicit in the next line of the Gemara. Ve'amar Rabbi Shulman Levi, the same person, Rabbi Shulman Levi, said something else based on the same Pasuk. Clearly, it was the same day, so to speak. It's the same Jerusha. What did he say? Kola Omer Shira Ba'olam Hazer Zochev Omera Le'olam Aba Shenemar Ashrei Yoshevei Vitecha Od Yalucha Salam Those who say song The word Shira We'll talk about what the word Shira means Song, praise Halel Those who say Shira in this world will merit to say it in the next world. Same Pasuk. Blessed, fortunate are those who uh, sit in your house. I guess you understood if you're sitting in the house you're saying Shira. Old, they will yet praise you again in the future. So now we have three different Mamarei Chazal. One is Az Yashir Moshe, Mikan Etchatamit Menat Torah. One is Ashrei Yoshev Beitach Adul Chasala, Mikan Etchatamit Menat Torah. And the third one is Ashrei Yoshev Beitach Adul Chasala, Misha Omer Shira Bolam Azeh, Zochev Omaral Olam Aba. He who says Shira, and this is what we'll say in the future world. What's common to these three Mamarim, and that's why I want to read them together, is the concept of Shira. And I think that here, we have not merely another derivation, another mention of a future life. But this particular Gemara is drawing a connection between the idea of resurrection, of a future, and the concept of Shira. The halachic, philosophic concept that's called Shira. And if I'd like to speak a little bit about what Shira means in Chazal. We find in a number of places, in this very parak, and I would normally have waited, but I'm not sure we're going to get to that tzadichet. It's quite a few uh, pages down the line, so I, I'm going to quote it now. You find a number of um, statements in Chazal which contrast Torah and Shira. Um, perhaps... One of the most uh, striking, at least striking because it's, so, because it's so simple, it's so, it's so to the point, is found on Daf Tzadi Het Amud Bet, 98b, in this parak. We have the following statement. Amar Rav, lo avri alma ella le David. Rav said the world was created, was, was, the, the world was not created except for David. In other words, the, the, David, the figure of David HaMelech, is the person for whom the world was created. So Rav and Shmuel, a couple who disagree about a lot of matters in Shas, disagreed about this interesting statement of not exactly halachic import, um, clearly symbolic import. Rav said the world exists for David HaMelech, Shmuel says the world exists for Moshe Rabbeinu. What, what, what does it mean? What does David HaMelech symbolize here? Was Moshe Rabbeinu symbolized? So let's rely on Rashi. Because I think he hit the point very, very well. Uh, Rashi writes, What does it mean, Moshe? What does it mean, uh, David? 
רש"י וייץ, אלא לדוד, בזכות דוד שהיה עתיד לומר כמה שירות בתושבחות. The world was created for David in the merit of David, who in the future, well, the future meaning after the creation of the world, was going to sing many shirot v'tushbachot, songs and praises. In other words, David HaMelech, what, what does this figure symbolize in the Jewish world? Sefer Tehidim. The world was created so that Sefer Tehidim could come into existence. Shir, shira v'tushbachot. Moshe, Shmuel's opinion is Moshe, Rashi says, v'shvil Moshe sh'ya atid l'kabelat ha-Torah. You have a disagreement as to whether the ideal, the, the, the thing which merits, the person who's existed merits creation, ex nihilo, is he the epitome of song or the epitome of Torah? And you have many, many other statements of Chazal which work on the same sort of conscience. I'll mention just one other which I think is also very, very striking. It's found in the Medrash Rabbah in Bereshit. Bereshit uh, Rabbah. The, uh, the Medrash asks, essentially, the question, Yaakov Avinu, when he ran away from his home and went to live by Lavan, spent 20 years being a shepherd. And as he explicitly tells Lavan at the end, that I was out there with the flocks at night, being eaten by the cold, Achalani Ko, I, I, I suffered because of the weather, he has to take care of the sheep, and if he's out there with the sheep, long, long hours. On the other hand, we all realize, and Chazal understood, that a shepherd doesn't have anything to do. Occasionally, you know, occasionally the bear, the lion, some danger might come, but more or less he just sits there with the sheep, moving them occasionally from pasture to pasture. So these many hours go by, and Chazal were curious, what did, what did Yaakov Avinu do with all the time that he was, at one hand, working, but he he's, has a lot of free time? Um, I would suggest, to, to Yaakov, not to Chazal, I would suggest to Yaakov that that's the kind of situation in which you should subscribe to KMTT. He just needs to put on a set of headphones and, and while watching the sheep, his ears and mind can be listening to, can be learning Torah. But, but that's not what Yaakov Avinu did for, for reasons we're not going to get into. So there are two answers in Chazal. One of them said that Yaakov Avinu spent the nights. The, the, the Medrash asked about the nights. What did he do all night? So one says, he learned Torah all night. The other one says, he said Tillam all night. Tillam, I mean, I guess doesn't mean necessarily the book of Tillam, which hadn't been written yet, but, but Tillam as a, as, a, as a metaphor. So you have two different Chachamim, two different Amoraim, and they're sitting back and they're trying to imagine what does Yaakov Avinu do in those long, lonely, star-filled nights on the hills of Aram, Naraim. And one says, well, of course he was he was learning Torah. What, what does one do at night? You, you spend the nights learning Torah. There's a whole series of statements of Chazal saying that the most important Torah is to learn the night when you're by yourself. And the other one said, what are you talking about? Yaakov Avinu was on the hills. Above him the stars. The wind blowing in the trees. What did he do all night? Said Tilim. He sang Tilim. He poured out his soul before God. If you want two different Chachamim, one an intellectual, one a romantic. But the point is that the Medrash is saying there were two ideals. There were two 
personalities. There are two kinds of religious personalities. And one is exemplified by Moshe, learning Torah. And one is exemplified by David HaMelech, the command beginning of Bechot says, that David HaMelech used to go to sleep at 10 o'clock, and he hung his harp by the window, and then the wind would arise at midnight, and begin to blow the harp, and he would awake, and then he would say Tehillim the rest of the night. You have David and Moshe. And of course they argue as to whether Yaakov Avinu fits in here or there. Okay, so, and th- there are many more Mamarim that I could quote. I'm simply saving time now. But what does it mean? What, what is, we, I, on a personal level, I can see there are really two kinds of personalities. Generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, the poets and the philosophers are, are not the same people. Or the poets and the, even the poets and the Lamdanim are not the same people. But what is the real difference in the eyes of Chazal? So I'm going to present a theory which I think is true. Torah is Netzach. Torah is eternity. Torah is truth. As Chazal said, the Torah was written 2,000 years before the world was created. Torah is, is more or less above time, beyond time. It's the unchanging truth. It's objective truth. Not conditioned by the individual, not conditioned by the times. Shira, song, is the exact opposite. Shira, its its meaning, its significance derives from the fact that it is the appropriate response to the second, to the instant in which I find myself. To give an example, you have an expression which appears many times in, uh, in, in, in Tanakh and in Chazal's usage of those psukim. That's Shira Chadasha. We say that when the Beit HaMikdash will be built in the future, Ba'az Nashir Shir Chadash. On Pesach, in Berkata Shir, the Berkhab the Geula, we say, V'nodelecha, what does a new song mean? It means we we'll have to rewrite the words. Why, why, why specifically are they saying at that time we will sing a new song? If they just want to say, if the Pasuk or Chazal just want to say that in the future we'll be happy, and I think the answer is that they're not saying that someone will write new words then. What? The words will be more or less. Hashem kitov You can take the words of David Amelach, but it'll be shira chadasha because its meaning, one could say, its truth, is doesn't derive from the literal meaning of the words, but from what those words say about this particular second, this second, this moment that I'm witnessing the building of the Mikdash. I'm witnessing the splitting of the sea. As the Ashir Moshe Vinay Yisrael. At that moment, Moshe Rabbeinu sang. The second occasion of Shira in the Torah, Shira Taber, As the Ashir Yisrael. The word As always appears there. At that moment, the song spontaneously poured forth and said something about that moment. The literal content of the words is frankly mundane. Hold Hashem Kitov Kilam Chasto. Kilo Olam Chasto. God is good. God is good isn't Shira unless you say it as Shira. And when you say it as 
this is my response to witnessing A, B, or C, to seeing a miracle, to experiencing a miracle, to experience God's grace, God's beneficence. Then it becomes Shira, because then it's not just God is good, but this is my response to God. And that's why if you're not there, if you don't get yourself into the head, you don't really appreciate it. There's nothing to appreciate. The words are not all that deep from an intellectual point of view. Torah is eternity and Shiva is this moment, this second. Torah is constancy and Shiva very often relates to change. David HaMelech would write every day a new shir for that given day. Moshe Rabbeinu taught the same Torah for 40 years, which had been existence for thousands of years before he got to it, and which will continue afterwards as well. In a striking uh, midrash, which relates to Gemara on uh, Tzadik Dalit, which maybe we will get to, but the midrash is found in Shir Hashim Abba. It's not found in the Gemara. The midrash in Shir Hashim says that when Chizkiyahu HaMelech, as described in the Gemara on the Tzadidala, did not say Shira after the miracle of the destruction of Sanchev at the gates of Jerusalem. So therefore, he, he couldn't become a Shiach. But the Midrash says, what did, what did, what did Chizkiyahu say about that? And the, answer, the, said, the Midrash says, Chizkiyahu said, Torah should be techaper. Okay, I didn't say Shira, but I learned Torah. And then the Midrash adds, he said, why should I say Shiva? Everybody knows God is great. God, a couple of hundred years ago, made the sun stand still and the whole world saw it. What, can I, what do I have to add to that? From the point of view of the poet, Chizkiel makes no sense. He's saying because somebody a few hundred years ago wrote a book or explained that God can do anything, I have no reaction, nothing to say about the greatest army in the world being destroyed at the gates of Jerusalem. And he's right from the point of view of what eternal truth do I need to explain? It's been explained already. But that's not what Shiva is all about. And Chesiyah did not understand what Shiva, what Shiva was all about. Going back to our Gemara, we now understand what an entirely new idea. And in the past, I've been trying to draw what each derivation of Tchatamitim says about Tchatamitim. So now I'm going to do that as well. As Yashir Moshe there's a special connection between a future life and Shira. And that's made explicit in the third Mamar. Why does one need to have a future life? The answer is, if your life is dedicated to Torah, and in the 60, 70, 120 years you're given, you achieve Torah, so that's it. You've, you've contributed. You've become part of Netzach. You've become part of eternity. But if your life was Yoshvei Veitecha, Kol Omer Shira Bolam your accomplishment, your contribution, your purpose in life was to grab the moment and give it its special significance by saying Shira, then you can't die. Because there'll be new moments. And who will say Shiva about them? 
if your purpose in life is to explain or not so much explain, is to to relate to the specialness of this second, then the next second you have to do it again. Completely anew. Nothing you've done in the past explains the next second. From the point of view of this hour, what you did in the last hour is irrelevant. It's all new. It's spontaneously regenerated. And that's the meaning of your life, to be uh, the appropriate response to each second. So how can that end? It's Az Yashir Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu, interestingly Moshe Rabbeinu, I admit, very interesting. Moshe Rabbeinu, I just described, described as being the Ish Torah, but we know he also sang a song. So Moshe Rabbeinu, having once sung a song, will be Az Yashir Moshe. The, the nature of resurrection, the nature of a future life, is that every second is new, and a person he needs, or he deserves, he merits, zocher, that he should be able to respond to that new second. It would, be, it would be a shame if he who was able to grasp the nature of Kriyat Yamsuf, when Moshe Rabbeinu said Shirat Hayam, would not be able to grasp and respond to the nature of Vinyan Beit HaMikdash, Biyat HaMashiach, and Triyat HaMitim. That's what Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, Ashrei Yoshvei Veitecha, if you've been sitting in God's house saying Shira, you'll do it again. And 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 uh, and and I think Rabbi Meir is saying the same thing. Uh, a, a other mitzvot that we do would not necessarily merit resurrection. Death is not that terrible. You get reward in in in, in olam haba. But if your life was Shira which is, of course, part of Yiddishkeit. It's specifically the Shiva of our lives that we learned how to, how to evaluate each temporal second of God's world. God in history, God in our lives. That's what demands and merits Chiyat HaMitim. Chiyat HaMitim is the salvation of the significance of the moment. The significance of the moment requires that death not be final, that death not be the end, because there will always be new moments, and I haven't tasted them yet. I haven't savored them. I haven't given them their significance. And he who savors each moment deserves to savor the next moments as well. The, uh, we're coming very close to the end of our time, so I'll just point us forward to the next line in the Gemara. Now I'm going to skip one line. We'll, we'll start from we'll start from where we left off next week. But a few lines later, the Gemara begins to talk about Torah, and I just quote it quickly. He who does not teach his Talmidim a given halacha. Remember, they were learning without books. So if I don't teach you halacha, you don't know it. He who denies his student a certain halacha. If I don't teach my student Torah, I give a piece of Torah, then I've stolen from him his inheritance. As it says, Torah Tzivalano Moshe, Mor Rasha, an inheritance of Kirat Yaakov, Mor Rasha, the Chosam, Mishay Shetimei Bereshit. What's he saying? He's saying, if I, don't, if I don't teach you a song, what's the problem? You'll sing your own song. And contrary, why would you want to sing my song? Sing your own song. But if I don't teach you Torah, and therefore you don't get to know it, then you've lost out on the eternal truth, which is passed on 
Torah Shabbal Peh. It's passed on from teacher to student to teacher to student to student to student to student. If you break that chain, there's no other source. You can break the chain of Shiva because there's no chain of Shiva. So it has to come from your heart. But Torah comes from Sheshet Yemei Breshit or before Sheshet Yemei Breshit. It's eternal. And the way it's transmitted is by teacher to student. And that's the opposite of what takes place by Shiva. And that's why the Gemara is going to have a number of mamarim about Torah because automatically Torah is the opposite of Shiva. We haven't finished. There's one more mamar of Shiva which we don't have time for today. We will read it next week. Um, but we've completed the major point here, the connection between, the specific connection between song, the outburst of the attentive soul and the eternity, the eternity of life. And that's all for today. We'll be back next week from the same point where we left off the end of Sadi Alpha Mudbet in uh, in Masachet Sanhedrin in Perak Chedak. Thank you very much.